Welcome to It's Broadway, bitch. I'm Alana. I'm the Broadway. I'm Christina. I'm the bitch. This is a podcast where I, Alana, the theater expert, explain the plot of a musical to Christina, the willfully ignorant. Christina will weigh in on her initial thoughts. Then we'll go watch the musical with varying degrees of sobriety. We then reconvene and Christina gives us the hot take. Did you just that? <laughs> Never in my life have I heard that. <laughs> okay, I'm glad it wasn't just me. That was wild. I hope that shows up on the recording. Jesus Christ. I don't think it will, but Jesus. Okay. Oh my God. We're going to keep all that in. Um, apparently, if you start a Zoom meeting now and you record it, um, a sassy lady <laughs> who speaks from nowhere... <laughs> says this meeting is being recorded i can confirm it happened to both of us and we both got scared <laughs> anyway so welcome, welcome. Back. <laughs> jinx no i refuse how dare you you remember when jinx were serious yeah i do remember when they were like a binding contract <laughs> i like i had good friends so like they didn't really abuse it but my sister and i oh we fucking took that shit to the grave well see there are like the jinx you owe me a sodas of the world and then there's like the jinx you can't talk until i unjinx you which is a whole other level of torture that is that is the one that we did i bet (laughs) yeah Jinx you owe me a soda is like when I would do to like my dad or something but here's the thing then you end up drinking a lot of empty calories and it's just not worth it not that I'm counting calories, but, like, soda just doesn't do that much for me for quenching thirst. Sounds like I'd rather eat cake. That's fair. <laughs> anyway, we should jump into this because <laughs> it, is, it is fucking time, fam. I have been, since the beginning of this, even doing the whole podcast as a whole, I've been waiting for the Cats Double feature, baby! <laughs> it's here! She's here! We're doing Cats this week and we're doing Cats next week. So much Cats. I can't wait. Oh my god, I'm tingling already. So I think before we like jump into even initial thoughts, um, it's important to know that I truly had never seen nor heard of any cats outside of just like hilarious references and certain things, but not to like any music. I don't have a good history with Andrew Lloyd Webber right now or ever, and I think that you need to preface the entire thing with your dissertations on Cats the Musical. And we're differentiating Cats the Musical from Cats the Movie. Yes, that's so. well, that's part of the double feature because we yeah. will be discussing both. Christina really wanted to just bypass the musical and just only watch the movie. But I find it incredibly important for anybody who's ever going to willingly choose to watch the Cats movie to be familiar with the original source material that the movie is based off of so that you can see just how much of a true monster Tom Hooper is. But we will get into that next week when we're discussing specifically. This is is part one of your thesis where we're just talking about the musical. (laughs) So... We're, everyone is familiar, at least with the concept, that Cats is a musical that's out there. Very controversial. You either love it, or you hate it, or you've chosen not to engage with it. <laughs> sort of. Which was me, up until very recently. <laughs> um, I happen 
to love it as i mean we all know of course the lore is um you know composed by andrew lloyd weber uh based off of t.s Eliot's book of like magical cats it's some book of poems with some stupid name and he just put it to music controversial in the way that the costumes are a choice and plot is questionable um i fall in the camp of that i love it i do i think part of that is because i was indeed in a youth production of cats when i was 13 years old in a production that had children ages 8 to 18 oh Um, i hate that so much (laughs) yeah there was like a children's ensemble and then like in a quote-unquote adult ensemble and then like pit singers to supplement the sound because it's hard to sing while you're doing all of that cat stuff you know yeah when you're a cat you're a cat all the way from your first cigarette (laughs) to your last dying day (laughs) and I under I I know that I'm in the minority, you know? I know that most people in my peer group are not into cats. And I'm fine with that. I will just say that it is like the third longest running show on Broadway ever. So well a I lot think of people, you need to explain what it is before you defend yourself. I it it is a musical based off of a book of poems and it's about cats. That's what it is. Okay, but what did you tell me in order to prep me for this outside of the fact that you love it? Because I, I think we need to get into your personal connections after we know what we're actually talking about. Well, my personal connection is that I was in it, and I think that right. helps. I yeah. was in it when I was 13, which is a formative age for personality, you know? We're all just trying to figure out who the fuck we are when we're 13, so that's why, you know, kids latch on to, like, Wicked and stuff like that when they're that age. Um, uh, I'm sorry, did you just equate Wicked and Cats? No, not in, like, <laughs> meaning. I don't have, we don't have a, a Satan for this. We have a godmother and a, a they, we have no, like, wrath maker. <laughs> but, so what Christine is trying to get me to say is that part of where people don't see eye to eye on cats um, is that people get real wrapped up in the plot of cats that is what trips people up is when they try to find a plot to follow and the reality is that there just is not one there is no plot if you're thinking about plot you're thinking about cats too hard we all gather here we spend money to watch cats in a theater to see incredibly athletic people in insane fucking costumes doing flips and saying nonsense words If you're trying to do anything else with your cat's experience, you're missing the point. The point is that there isn't one. And I truly believe the harder you think about cats, the worse it gets. Which is part of my thesis as to why the movie is such a, like, crime against humanity. Because it's an example of what happens when you think about cats at all. Someone thought about cats too much, and then we got the travesty that is the movie. If you don't like cats, it's because you're thinking about it, and you need to just turn off your brain and watch them flip on trapezes and do a million fuete turns and just say nonsense rhymes. That's the point. So so I'm, like, thinking, because we've had this conversation without me seeing cats. Truly, I had never seen anything actually cats-related until we you sat down and watched Cats the Musical for this. You and I have had this conversation maybe over two dozen times. Like, <laughs> this specific one. I will have this conversation with literally anybody that will listen. Because it's a concept that I 
cannot wrap my brain around. I remember like this was one of our 2 a.m. Like, okay, so tell me about cats. Why should I care? And like, you would tell me this and I just like, I was like, I can't, there's no part of me that can truly understand. And still, until I had consumed it, I fully wasn't aware of the clarity of your analysis. Because <laughs> I, as a person, I tend to enjoy an analyzing things and thinking about things. And that was just too much effort. If you think about it, you've missed the point. That's just, that's where it goes wrong. I try to push cats onto everybody and all of my friends just value a good plot. And as I have mentioned in past episodes, I can easily forget any kind of shitty dialogue, like any kind of plot, any kind of dialogue, anything that's bad for the sake of good spectacle. And this show, this subject material thrives on purely spectacle and just nothing else, which is why I think I have such a great time whenever I watch this. And everybody else that I am around does not. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. I, I think it's also, not only do you just value a spectacle so much, but like, I want to I wanna put out there that like, there are definitely things that you and I have agreed upon where like, the spectacle really either makes the, the show or enhances it. And truly, there is no plot. Like, tr- truly, I cannot express this to you enough. This is all spectacle so it's there's kind of a plot there's kind of but you can say the plot in like a sentence but like to me i very much understand why you specifically are drawn to this even outside of like being connected to it as a youth performer in one of these productions um because like it it is a great feat in physical like endurance the the amount of movement that is happening at all times is insane I'm not saying that I enjoyed it. I just recognize the work that's being done. <laughs> and so the other thing about cats, there, there is a plot. There is one. There's just exactly no way that you would ever even be able to tell what it was without consulting some sort of outside material. You don't get it from watching it. In the same way that like every single one of those fucking cats on stage, every sort of ensemble member has an insane name there's zero way you would ever know like they all have a name and when you're cast as them like you have there's certain cats that sing certain songs you you wouldn't know you know the ones that get like whole ass songs about them but like it is a flaw of the show there are things that you just don't know if you haven't if you don't already know going in and you'll never learn them unless you have the like time and ability and interest to consult outside of your watching experience which often most people don't i know that our traditional thing to do is to go song by song and do an analysis but i think i want to give my full frontal analysis right here we're we're still gonna do that because there's nothing else to go off of so and that's my analysis okay so here's the reason that i think this is entirely necessary now is because by the end of this song by song analysis of this production i will be too exhausted to do anything else it's gonna tire me out (laughs) and i'm also i think that truly there's not that much to say um for like a lot of these i think i disagree (laughs) i i think that a lot of what i'm going to say is like oh i hated that and then that's it um there's not it's all gonna be the same reasons for everything and so like for me um i'm glad that you say there's no discernible way when you watch it 
to like understand a plot because at no point did I understand a plot. It's truly, it's, it's not a song cycle. It's a dance recital that someone decided to put gobbledygook words to. And that's okay. I just wish it had either more or less of something. And really it just needs to have less, less. I just, I, I wish there was no singing at all. And this was just a ballet style performance. Well, if it helps, um, Andrew Lloyd Webber, like, I mean, he wrote the music, so that is something that he did. But, like, most, How of, dare the, he? most of the lyrics are written by T.S. Eliot because it was a book of poems for kids. Um, but Andrew Lloyd Webber made a choice, and then people decided <laughs> to follow him. And that's the other thing that I don't understand is, like, I watched the entire thing. I, it had a, I was so overwhelmed just from the beginning that it immediately lost my attention. That's the level of, there's an overwhelm where like you can't look away, like watching a, a car crash or something. Um, and then there's a, le- a level of overwhelm where you just power down and you're not processing anything. And that's the other reason I was like, well, I'm not going to have anything to talk to you about this because we watched this almost a full week ago and I still haven't processed all of it. Like it is still a blur. It's a fever dream. See, I I love this because <laughs> you your reaction to it is that like I couldn't pick anything out of it because it was too much. I remember every single goddamn detail. I remember it like I watched it one minute ago. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And the thing too is like I'm not unprepared going into this. When I say Alana and I have had this conversation four hundred thousand million times, we have. She's told me the plot, which is what is the plot, Alana? Okay, so <laughs> what's actually happening is that, you know, once a year there is this like gathering of special cats. It's just a troop of fun cats. They all know each other. They're, they call themselves the Jellicle Cats. Um, and they get together once a year to like basically have a party, dance together, hang out. But it's also the night where old Deuteronomy, who is like the god cat, like the leader of this group, picks one of the cats to um, end their life, ascend to the heavy side layer, and be reincarnated into their next life. Unclear if that counts as like, they have nine lives and they're about to go into one of their other lives, or if it's just like, you're done, you're just a brand new cat. But it's essentially all of the cats sort of pitching themselves so that old Deuteronomy can make his decision of who this year gets to die and come back a different cat. That's the plot. It takes him two hours to get to that. It doesn't, it, that's just I already have issues and questions I'm gonna I'm gonna ask them so here's the thing why why would you want why why <laughs> why would you want any of this I totally understand like a once a year party I totally get that I understand the spectacle but like the idea of like Oh yes, I would I want to pinch myself especially like we have cats that are like living their best lives out here there and they're like, yeah, pick me. I want to die. There's no guarantee that you're going to come back and remember who you were. Why would, why do you want that? Your past self isn't going to think, your future self isn't going to think your past self. Like, yeah, that's the part that's confusing. And it's like a thing that they really hammer. It's like the plot of the movie where they talk about that. Um, obviously I'm with you where I'm like, I don't know why it's not just a clear running between like Gus the theater cat and Grizabella. Like, I don't know why some of these youngsters are a contender. Yeah, you haven't had any time. You haven't lived at all. Why do you need a new life? You little, 
And how is that going to benefit you? And also, are you reborn like a physical birth as part of like a litter? Or are you like just, you wake up a new cat slash kitten, like that's not old, but not young? That's unclear. That I assume it's like starting over as a kitten. But again, that's a detail that we're never going to get. It's not, <laughs> it's not detailed in uh, T.S. Eliot's Book of Cats. And I am fully aware that I'm doing, I'm breaking the cardinal rule, which is I'm overthinking this. You are. <laughs> but I, I, it begs to be overthought because there's zero thought has gone into it. <laughs> zero. Yes. Okay. Well. <laughs> um, I need you to know that like, people have agonized for years about like what kind of hidden meaning meaning Andrew Lloyd Webber could have possibly had. Like what do these cats represent? What's the metaphor? What is like the thing that drove him to do this now? People have tried to find a secret meaning in it. And I do believe Andrew Lloyd Webber has gone on the record saying like, what are you talking about? It's just a show about cats. Like it's just singing cats and there's nothing more. So I think that there is a cognitive dissonance between the idea and the theory of cats as an existing production, like independent of the stage production. Because once you're watching the stage production, uh, my experience was like an out-of-body experience where just nothing, I was just goo. When you say it's just singing cats and that's all that's all that's happening and that's all we're here for, that makes entire complete and total sense while you're watching it and i'm not saying it's good in fact i hated every second of it when i could had the capacity to feel anything but like as a concept outside of like pure performance it is a very difficult thing to wrap anything around because the senses that you use to interpret cats are not the senses that you use to decide to watch cats (laughs) you know yeah i guess (laughs) I think that we'll never, we're going to be on an infinity loop of like talking about this if we yeah. don't get into the songs. <laughs> it's okay. I understand that I am in the minority. I, but I am pro cats. I just am. And I'm not embarrassed of that part of me anymore. I fought it for a long time, but I am proud of it. I'm going to own it. I have tried for a long time to try to get people over to my way of thinking. Now that I'm a mature adult, um, I have finally come to terms with the fact that I'm not going to be able to do that. And I just have to understand that I'm the minority here. And it's okay. Did your parents go to your youth production of Cats? And, like, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It was like an award-winning youth production of Cats. <laughs> I am so upset that it could win awards. <laughs> like- um and I also have seen the touring production on Broadway. That was, well, it wasn't on Broadway, but I saw the Broadway touring production when yeah. it came through here, and it was pretty darn good. I had a really good time. Who were you when you were in Cats? I was a cat. <laughs> <laughs> I was one of the cats. I was one of the ensemble cats. They didn't, because it was a youth production, there were more cats than there would normally be in like a standard Broadway production. So there were like the ones that sing songs, and then there were just the ensemble cats. Although, if you if you recall, so there um, are a few there are a few different sets of twins. There is like the singing Mungo Jerry Rumple teaser. I could argue that they're twins, and then there's just like a random ensemble pair of twins. I was one of those. If we weren't like the costume wasn't, I say we weren't colored the same like that. We were. But like, you were. White and I, you were litter mates with that cat. We were. We were just. We had the same costume. I guess they were low on materials. I will, you know, when this uh, goes live and I post on social media, I'll post some pictures. I got some good pictures. 
Yeah. Um, I think the costumes in this are as good as they can be. The costumes are just are iconic. You're not, that's why you go to see that shit. I have never seen so much and so little of a single person all at the same time. It's also upsetting how you can tell who like the sexy cats are and who the sexy cats are not. Like some have collars. There's like the one who sings Macavity, Bombularina, which is a name you would not know if you didn't already know going in. Um, she is just absolutely like a sexy cat. Like her cleavage is emphasized. Yeah. When others are not. Like there are other female cats where you're not like boobs, but she's like, I got boobs and like my boobs are down here, pal. Like, which like is that sort of energy. The, the, this could be anything else and it would be a better use of our time. But it's, I, I just don't understand why we're like amorphized. What is, what is the word I'm trying to say? Anthropomorphizing. Anthropomorphizing. Thank you. These animals so aggressively. Like, I, I understand for, like, a stage production that it's entirely necessary because you have a limited species of actors to work with who can sing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think a recurring theme with you is, like, again, there is no reason why this was made. There was no, like, you're not going to find that meaning. It was just, let's see what fucking happens. If there's I also just nothing is consistent. There's no continuity throughout. All the costumes are different levels of effort. <laughs> All the makeup is different levels of effort. The only, the only thing that I can say is, like, the level of effort in dancing the entire time is consistent. However, the moves that they do with their body enrage me. Like, some of them are great, but some of them I'm like, I, I can't with this crawling on the ground. And Here, like let's use this as a segue to talk about songs, because the yeah. first song is going to be a good way to talk about this, which is the prologue, Jellical Songs for Jellical Cats. We've all heard it. You know the song. Because Jellicals can and Jellicals do. Jell like, we all know it. So, so much of this music titters between maniacally joyful and spooky as hell yeah that like is it. that's you got it that's the energy <laughs> and i i hate it so much <laughs> and we open with people on their hands and knees and i'm just like you are already an anthropomorphized animal why can't you be on your two fucking legs <laughs> i will admit um for the average theater watcher if you're not prepared for this kind of content this is a rough <laughs> introduction into it. This is like, <laughs> we start, like, um, there's no, like, gradual, like, break. There was up. no foreplay. There was no foreplay. We just shoved it straight in. They just let you know what it's about immediately. <laughs> and I under, I get that. It's a, it's a rude awakening if you're not ready for it. <laughs> Especially because if you remember, because, so, of course, what we're watching is the 1998 Pro Shot version which is not like a tit-for-tat exact um, translation of the Broadway production. It was generally a new cast. There were a couple cast members that were the same from the original Broadway. Um, and it was clearly some things were changed knowing that it was a film. But most of it is generally the same. But the intro with all the eyes, 
which that is actually what happens in the stage show. Like there's obviously not the zooming in, but it is like the overture starts, the lights go black. You see the eyes start lighting up in the set and then like another screen lifts. That is how it starts. And it is spooky as hell. I hate that so much. And they're like, these actors know they're on camera because their eyes are doing some buggy shit. Which, if you were just watching a stage production, you probably wouldn't be able to see that. But you can see it in the film, absolutely. <laughs> and it's unnerving as hell. You're just going to have to walk us through everything. I think the only thing I'm going to say is I hate, I hate that. Yeah, well, this because it's one of the big dance-heavy numbers, it's one of my favorite ones just because it's so exciting and it's so iconic. The lyrics are not... The lyrics are a lot. <laughs> The lyrics could have, because Jellicles can and Jellicles do, Jellicles do and Jellicles can't, like that's a lot of it. And it's also seven minutes long. So I see how that also does not appeal. Well, I won't bore you with the details. Um, it's not bored. It's just like, you, you know, when you're in the middle of a conversation and someone's just started speaking in like a different language and your eyes glaze It is over. that, yeah. Um, it's like not actively boring. You just are overwhelming. <laughs> well... I love the dancing. It's some very, it's very wild choreography. You really see what Cats is all about. Um, It's choreography that's not even quite like, it's, you know, a style all of its own. There's almost like some Fosse. I was going to say, it's a very Fosse-esque musical. We have a lot of jazz influences, but it is like, we get a lot of movement right off the bat. And it is one of the few things that I completely understand why some people are into it is because it is just so physical yeah physical physical but yeah i think it's a very exciting visually appealing number um but let's segue here into what i can acknowledge as the second worst song in the show um which is the naming of cats which is a wildly unnerving <laughs> so here we start with the actual plot line of the entire cats musical which yes is truly no. just an introduction to cats until you get to the end and one of them gets picked to die yeah and like the narrator cat whose name is monkey strap which again you would never know um i'm sorry his name is monkey strap monkey strap m-u-n-k-u-s-t-r-a-p that doesn't make anything better he has like a throwaway line where he's like you know jungle cats they meet once a year someone old Deuteronomy makes a choice and it's whatever he says that little line a few different times but again if you're not listening for it why would you even catch it at all but the naming of goddamn motherfucking cats is that one where it is like the creepiest fucking chant in the world where they gather together and then all of a sudden all of their heads snap towards the camera and they start a very unnerving chant about all of the possible names that a cat could have, that a cat could have, how they range from super normal to like totally crazy, but then also cats have like a secret fourth name that you'll never know because you're not a gentle cat, and you're like, okay, I don't need this, and they crawl towards the audience and it's freaky as hell before they sort of peel off, and then there's a little dance. I can't decide if T.S. Eliot hated cats or wanted to fuck cats. And same with Andrew Lloyd Webber. I think it's both. I think it's both. I, I'm i sure T.S. Eliot did not, I'm sure he meant this to be like a children's book of poems in the way that like Dr. Seuss writes shit, except Dr. Seuss was trying to make it allegorical. That is even more than what T.S. Eliot was probably doing. I stand by what I said. 
<laughs> Again, I think that you're giving it meaning that it doesn't have. I'm not giving it anything. I'm just to put this level of thought into cats, into like writing a poem and then making. I think it's Andrew Lloyd Webber more. Yeah. Um, and and I, it's truly like I don't think that we're supposed to get that. It's just assigning this level of attention to something that is so meaningless. There's got to be some sort of fixation. Sure. Sure. Anyway, naming of cats because you don't, we'll never know a name how long, however long you study a cat or whatever the fucking yeah, line It are. doesn't matter. It's creepy as fuck. It is. <laughs> and I think this is when you initially apologized to me. This is when I initially apologized. This is again, like, it's tough that this is the introduction into cats because there are some good parts and you wouldn't know this far in. <laughs> but then after, once you get through it, uh, Victoria the white cat does a pretty little dance. She dances with uh, Mr. Mistopheles a little bit, and then it's cute. And then we get into the old Gumby cat, which is like an actual real song. <laughs> which was like not horrible. It was just not, I just didn't expect it. And yeah. it wasn't great. I wasn't like. Was... Yeah, it's one of the like sort of throwaway numbers. It gives like one lady the opportunity to tap dance, you know? And she has oh, a kind of a wacky costume change. Her costume change was very upsetting. <laughs> I did not like it at all. I'm just, I, it, it's like a recovered memory. Like I truly remembered 0% about cats until you're telling me about it. And then it flashes into my head and I'm having visceral emotional reactions to it. And none of them are good. Yeah. The whole concept of the song is kind of weird um, because we got Jenny Annie Dots, who's the old Gumby cat. We call her that for whatever reason that appears to be obvious to all the other cats, but I haven't caught why. Um, but she's like wearing a big old like fluffy thing. And Jenny Annie Dots' whole deal is that she likes to uh, take the creatures that would normally be prey for cats. And she likes to sort of like rehabilitate them and like give them hobbies and make them constructive members of society. Like the rats and the mice and the cockroaches, which like good for her for having a hobby, I guess. Um, but at one point, she does take off her, like, tabby coat, reveal, like, a flapper dress underneath, and then they tap dance a little bit, which is fun. And it's, like, a bouncy song. That's about all I feel about it. Let's go to the next song. <laughs> oh, let's go to the next song, because the next song is the fucking Rum Tum Tugger. <laughs> Okay, so I have never experienced more self-loathing in my entire life than what I'm about to experience when I say the words. This is a sexy cat. <laughs> this is a cat that fucks. <laughs> and I'm not. I don't. I'm angry. I'm mad. I'm not happy about this. <laughs> yeah, this is a cat that fucks. And he enjoys it. <laughs> also, whoever they had playing him, that jaw... That jaw was, like, getting to me, and I was just like, this is no good. I am not okay with this. So I also didn't realize it. This was the, this was the first watch where I noticed this. Because uh, he's got, like, as much as a cat can, you know. He's got, like, a Mick Jagger thing about him. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's got, like, a collar that's, like, huge and fluffy. Yeah, and, like, it, it's very mane-like. Yeah, like a lot. Like, his, I don't know, his uh, costume inspiration was, yeah, like a Mick Jagger lion, if that's a thing that you can say. I um, that. But he's also got these big old clompy boots. Yep. And he also has to do some, like, 
pirouettes and like ballet moves still and everyone else has the benefit of like cute little jazz shoes they can point their feet and be light on their feet and he has to clomp around in these boots and do like super athletic ballet moves and i was like good for you dude i was all ready to like shit on him for having like bad feet and sickled feet and bad technique but nope he was just wearing doc martens <laughs> i don't have i agree with you i just am so angry it's it's a bop of a song though i think the song's a banger oh my god i hated that so much i'm remembering and now i'm hating it it reminds me almost of the 50s scene from joseph and the technicolor Dreamcoat with like rock and roll pharaoh elvis yeah i i get that uh that is that is the vibe that i'm getting I'm not pleased. <laughs> See, I think this is one of the stronger numbers of the show. I don't disagree with you, but when you've started so low, there's only so high you can get. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Dagger Cat, the Rum Tom Tugger. Um, oh, I hate his name. Hey, the Rom Tom Tugger no, is a it. curious beast, and there isn't any need for you to doubt it, for he will do as he do do. Hey, <laughs> and there's no telling anybody. Please, wow, wow, it. Okay, well, excellent job. Anyway, uh, let's wrap on Rum Tom Tugger. The next song is one of the first few iterations of Grizzabella the Glamour Cat, which is not memory. Just the introduction of Grizabella yeah. the Glamour Cat, who is like an old cat who, again, you would not ever know <laughs> going in, but she used to be like a movie star cat, you know? Yeah, this is the one cat where like the costuming was so overt that I was like, I'm missing some storyline here. Uh, I need you to tell me what it is. Because she comes in uh, and she's supposed to look essentially homeless. She's in like some fur coats that are very matted, very dirty. The makeup that they put her in is like old lined, very like running mascara. Um, and then she has like long sparkly nails and sparkly high heels. Yeah, she's like a washed up movie star. Um, but all you get from this is that she's a cat that all of them hate because she's ugly. Like there's no, it's never explained why they all hate her so much, but it's literally like she shows up, they hiss at her, they try to like harm her, they scratch at her. There's a couple of like nice, like curious ones that go up to her and then some other cat will like deck them out of the way and be like, don't touch them. And it's like a whole thing. And then there's a couple other cats that sing this song to introduce us to her as if it gives us any information at all. It's just that her name is Grizabella the Glamour Cat and she's sad you know sure and she sort of comes in she introduces herself briefly she looks around she's like ah they think i'm ugly and then she just fucks right off until a few minutes later but yeah grisabelle the glamour cat exposition that is sort of poorly given any other thoughts there no uh bustopher jones the cat about town (laughs) i'm having is this the one in this is not the one who's like fat this is that cat Bustopher Jones is not skin and bones. In fact, he's remarkably fat. His whole thing is that he is like a tuxedo cat. So that's why he's wearing like white spats. Yeah. Um, and he's fat as hell. And this song is about three minutes too long. It's like an eight minute number and it does not need to be. There's also just like 
remarkably less movement on stage because he is fat and he's the center of attention. And all the lyrics are just like, he's fat and also he's round and he eats a lot. And also, did you know that he's fat and he gets fatter every day and he's like 25 pounds and he's big and he's fat? Yeah, I mean, the 25 pound line was hilarious to me because like that is a big cat, but also (laughs) it's just like... Yeah, and just like his part where it gets all like slow and there's organ music is like, I go over here and I eat food and then I go over here and I eat food. And then the other girl cats are like, he's fat. And then that's the song. Yeah, I mean, I'm not opposed to him as a character. I just don't find this particular number to be a necessary part of anything. I agree with that. Um, It's charming, I guess. He's got a cool costume, but it doesn't do it for me. And I will point out that at this point, we've had multiple songs, and we've just continued to introduce cats. Like, this is my- this And is we're my not thesis. even a little done. <laughs> we're, this is my thesis. This is, not, this is not a play. This is an introduction of someone's imaginary friend cats, and yeah. they're dancing to it. And that's fine, but I just need it to be marketed appropriately. <laughs> yeah, it's all very confusing, um, because there is- like Monkey Strap, who is like sort of the narrator, sort of leader of the cats. I don't know why he, like he sings a lot of the songs, but he doesn't like get a song that introduces him. I don't know why he doesn't get one. I don't know what his deal is, um, but he's like the most of a lead character cat you can have, you know, but like it doesn't matter. <laughs> Any other thoughts on Buster for Jones, the cat about town? No. Uh, the next song Mungo Jerry and Rumple Teaser, which oh I remember God. you hating, but I find charming as hell. I hate it so much. Um, this is a little sneak peek for our next week's episode. We do have a special guest, and they texted us. Are they supposed to be siblings, or are they fucking? And I just answered yes, um, because yeah. I asked you that question, and you answered yes. <laughs> yeah, it's accurate. <laughs> are they fucking, or are they siblings? Yeah. Yes no. is the answer. Everything about this is disgusting, and I hated it. Um, they're far too sexual and familiar for my liking. I See, do not. I chose to ignore the sex part, as I try to do with the entire show, because <laughs> it is true that they are. The every cat here is hornier than they need to be. There's no. It doesn't do. It doesn't help anything. They just are. That's just what happens, and I acknowledge it, but I ignore it when I watch it because. I can't, I can't, I can't, you know? If you take out the sex part, I find this song to be totally charming and fun and acrobatic. Tell me more. Give me a more analysis because I have nothing else for you. They do all those like cartwheels and flips and they're like flipping each other. And I think that they play off each other nicely and they got like pretty bad Cockney accents and I kind of like that. Oh, the Cockney accents are, I guess that's something else that we haven't really addressed is that this is like weirdly centered around London. They're a bunch of British cats. Which is like not, there's no reason for it. Um, The reason is that Andrew Lloyd Webber is British and this premiered on the West End before it went to Broadway. It just is a British show. I just didn't need the, the Cockney accents are so bad. And I don't think it's, like, necessarily that they have a bad accent, which they do, but it's also just the accent itself is, like, not a sexy one to me. Yeah, and it's just their characters. They're, like, you know, like, all they're of the class twi- clown, like, but more evil. Or- orphans, yeah. you know? They're like little scamps stealing stuff, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, they're class clowns, but more evil is exactly correct. Yeah, as walkabout clowns, quick change comedians, uh, tightrope walkers, and acrobats. They have an extensive reputation. They make their home in Victoria Grove. That was merely their center of operation, for they were incurably given to Rome. Okay, well. I I like it. I think it's fun. (laughs) (laughs) I understand. And I disagree, and I have nothing more to say on that. <laughs> um, this is also the point in the show where, um, so the song finishes by them getting essentially caught, and they get cornered, and they're about to be apprehended for their crimes, when suddenly there's a crash out of nowhere, and everyone kind of oh. looks around and is like, the cavity! And yeah, then everyone say, scatters. Yeah, I where McCavity comes in. It's not where he comes in. They, they, we haven't seen him yet. There's just a crash, and they're like, oh, McCavity! And then everyone scampers, and then we just move on. So it's the first time we've heard about him, but we get no information about anything at all. It's just a little foreshadowing for the fans, you know? And then we go into the song Old Deuteronomy, which is important, but generally a snoozer. Uh, in my opinion it's where they introduce old deuteronomy who's the old leader god cat who is the one that chooses which cat dies as we've already discussed um but he's like a big old cat that's like nine feet tall that is clearly old as shit i bet you he's over 25 pounds i bet no one gives him (laughs) shit for it (laughs) no one's like oh old dude over here is a 25 pounder it's only bustopher jones that gets the flack but yeah monkey strap appears to be his little favorite so is mr mistopheles they're like his little buds um but it's a song that goes on forever and it takes him a hundred years just to walk up to his little spot that's about all i have to say about that yeah i didn't have as much of a visceral reaction like to this song and dance because it's just not as over like it's not as writhing on the ground not as anxiety inducing but it's not something i enjoyed at no point in this entire thing have i had an enjoyable moment yet yeah i think you've made that clear (laughs) that's okay (laughs) and then we get to the song that loses me again for a little bit which is the awful battle of the peaks and the pollicles which for no goddamn reason really like old deuteronomy has showed up and then i guess this troop of cats decide that in order to please him they have to put on a show for him so this is where we get a show within the show so it's a bunch of humans dressed up as cats who then dress up as dogs to perform like the dog play with the peaks and the pollicles which are just like two warring troops of dogs that bark at each other in the park and they portray those dogs by dressing themselves up in garbage. Yeah, I'm remembering this now. This is the part where I got so overwhelmed that I completely stopped paying attention. That's fair. This is a song that didn't need to be. There's no, it contributes, not that anything like contributes a lot, but it's just like, let's just take eight extra minutes so that we can put these humans already dressed as cats into uh garbage costumes there because it's supposed to be that they're in a junkyard and the cats just like pulled together what they had which is like old newspapers and gross cereal boxes um and it just is like okay sure glad to know that these cats have like this kind of like what's the word i'm looking for social life performance I don't yeah know. like this advanced of like a need to uh tell stories you know like good for- uh, yeah yeah, they're they're advanced narrators. Yeah, like, like cool. Um, it's a really long song. 
Yeah, I was. Bark, this was bark, bark. For like, uh, sure. This is when I had. So when I zoned out, it was when I had all the epiphanies about this movie, which is one. Truly, there's no plot. Like there, once this was happening, I was like, no, we've given up. There's never been a plot. There never will be a plot. Um, I realized that you can jump into this this musical at any time and be equally as contextualized at any point. There's no context. You're never going to be less confused. Um, I realized that we're never going to get past naming cats because it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Um, Although the hero of this story, the hero of the Peaks of the Pollicles, as dictated in the play within the play, is the great rumpus cat, which, let me tell you, is something that I sure didn't ask for. <laughs> tell me more. Do you not remember the great rumpus no, cat? No, I don't remember. Uh, the with the goggles? No. Remember how I said I, I like, completely lost? I was lost. I was lost to the world. Oh, you gotta remember the great rumpus cat, the hero of the story. He was a cat that wore, like, his unitard was like a muscle unitard. It was like gray and you could like see all of the muscles. And he had those like huge glowing goggles and he looked like the Grinch, but like black and white with like the flame goggles. How do you not remember that? It is imprinted into my brain. I, all I'm, all I can say Google is- Google it I'm... right now. Google the great rumpus cat. You have to know what I'm talking about. I can't believe that you don't. The great- rumpus cat how do you not know (laughs) google image that shit that means nothing to you i remember it now good i remember seeing this costume good no context for what's happening that's fine as long as you remember the image because the image haunts me it should haunt you. That's the worst thing I've ever seen. Anyway, now that Christina's brain is broken, <laughs> let's move on. Because um, we're getting to the good stuff. After the Peaks and the Pollicles is the Jellicle Ball, which is that really long dance number that that went through a few iterations. Where they yeah, do a lot it's of somehow stuff. weird Wizard of Oz vibes, like when the hurricane <laughs> It's the most 80s song in the show. It's every part of this music is disconnected. It goes so far between anxiety and mania. I can't. I just I was I was broken when this happened and I barely came back into it. Yeah, the dance break part of this song is what slaps. Um, the introduction where they do a lot of like jellical cats are black and white and they're a yeah. moderate size and they're not too big and they're not. I too didn't understand why right jellical- in the middle. <laughs> I didn't understand because it was like almost every, very few cats on this stage fall into that. So does that mean that half of you're disqualified from the jellical lifestyle and now anyway? Like, what is the dealio? I don't know. I mean, I think that we can with confidence say that every cat on this stage is, is a jellical jellic- cat yeah but some of them are not black and white some of them are like orange or well they're whatever. black and they're also white and i assume that there's room for uh interpretation in there i don't know i think it's just that like you know it I, an option for jellical cats is to be white and an option for them is to also be black you know um i don't know <laughs> i think maybe it's just uh more general. I'm gonna pretend that I'm not mad 
I'm going to let you continue. The point is that I thought the dancing slapped. And once they get past the creepy chant again, because I am never into those, the dancing is uh, great. There's flips. There's everything that I could ever want. Objectively, the dancing is good. And that's what ended up pulling, like, breaking my trance and pulling me back in. And I was like, I don't know where we are, but it does not matter. So it's one of those moments where it's like, yeah, that's why I'm watching this, you know? (laughs) Yeah, but we're like, we've this is a two-hour musical approximately yeah we're like an hour in right now this is right around intermission but act one's a lot longer than act two yeah okay okay you may continue all right uh (laughs) we get another little like grizabel the glamour cat slash little like flash of memory not the full song memory just a little like taste it's a little taste because Grizabella walked in on the ball and they were like, get the fuck out. And then she walked right on out. Yeah, this was the this is when I texted you because um I have very little reference for like the music of cats outside of like seeing this. I haven't heard it very much, and I know that what's gonna happen is now I'm gonna realize that's that it's been in everything, but because I had no context for it and it's crazy music, I didn't like think of it at all. Um, but this was the only music that I was like remotely familiar with, and I was like, hey, this sounds this sounds uh, familiar to me. And you're like, yeah, this is like one of the most famous songs. And I was like, cool. It is, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Um, which is a bummer because it's not a great song. It's a fine song. I think it's a great song. Okay, well, you know. It's really hard to sing. Anyway, moving right along to kind of a mellow introduction into Act 2. We have The Moments of Happiness, which is a song that doesn't matter. It's old Deuteronomy singing about something. I don't know even what. It's slow. It's boring. I don't even really know how it goes. So I assume just that you won't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, I completely, I've completely zoned out again. So. And then we have Gus the Theater Cat. Which you is were a- so hyped. You, were my, you said, oh my God, it's, it's Gus the Theater Cat. It's coming up. I'm so excited. You were like hyping me real hard for it. Well, it's a song that in my youth I would always skip because if you're just listening to it, it's like slow and it's long. Um, but this guy is acting. Like Gus the Theater Cat is acting. He's the one who's given us the most so far, other than maybe Grisabella. The actor's really good. He's, I, I think that he, it's a great performance of a song that otherwise I wouldn't give a singular shit about. Yeah, it is um, a weirdly empathetic and, like, soft moment that we haven't really had yet where we're starting to, like, really cherish a character. But when I'm angry and then someone makes me feel bad for something, that doesn't engender feelings of tenderness. It makes me more angry. So at the time of watching, I understood what I was supposed to be feeling, and I was several steps away from that emotion. (laughs) Well, I admire your honesty. That's why we're doing this. So. <laughs> I liked it. I thought that he did good. <laughs> the, entire, the entire thing of us talking is just going to be you going, well, I liked it. I'm going to be like, yeah, I know. That's why we're having this conversation. Well, it was nice to see some like almost humanoid acting. You know, it was kind of refreshing. Um, they seemed like people in that moment um, and less like cats. It was a little more of a human moment, which I think is why it's nice right there. Yeah. Um, but then the next song is Skimble Shanks, The Railway Cat, which is a song that I could tell that you didn't care about, but I love and is one of the more universally loved one- ones 
in the canon of cats, you know? Can you give me enough details to try and remember it? <laughs> Skimble shakes the railway cat. The cat of the railway train. He's like oh, an orange cat. cat dancing? With, uh, oh, in no. the movie, it's tough. Okay, sorry, 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 sorry. In in the movie, it's one of the more tolerable numbers. I think specifically, I texted you in both the movie and in the musical, and I was like, I don't care about this. And you were like, how dare you? Yeah, well, they build monster. a whole fucking train you know, in the show. They build a train on stage. And I'm it's sorry. like... What is this called? Skimble Shakes the Railway Cat. Do you not remember the fucking train? No. They build a whole train out of garbage. And, like, they spin umbrellas as the wheels, and he's the cat of the railway train. He's got a little vest, and he's keeping time, and he's there's not a speck of dust on the floor. This is vaguely familiar. There's a whisper down the line at 11.49 when the night rail's ready to depart. Honestly, the music is hitting more than the visual. Where's Skimble? For unless he's very nimble, you must find him or the train can't start. I feel like I'm remembering slowly. You gotta, you gotta remember Skimble Shanks, the railway cat. I have to say, the more I'm looking up the pictures of these actors, and the more I'm hating the makeup. It's really bad. It's very horrible, and I don't enjoy it. <laughs> I disagree. Um, I think it's okay to say that you don't enjoy it, but I don't think it's bad. I think that it, they're very, it's very, it's a, the whole thing about cats is that it's such niche material that I don't think we can comment on the quality of it. I think we can comment on whether or not we like it, but I don't think that anyone has really the authority to be like, that's a bad, that's Okay, you know, bad, you know what, I, you know? as a whole, so here's the thing, Indiv- I think as a whole thing, quantitatively you can establish that it is not a good show but each individual piece is not you can't rate it as such and also it's not unenjoyable or bad because of the acting or the singing or the dancing it's it's not anyone who is performing performing its fault like but if we're talking about like costume and makeup design yeah, there's just no, I, there's no saving anything. I'm right. also, because like on one hand, I, you're right that it's terrifying. But on the other hand, what would the alternative have been? What could they have done? And there's a chance, you know how like in Spongebob the musical? That like, was, I was thinking Spongebob the musical and also um, Pokemon like, the musical. Yeah, like <laughs> it was a bit too they could have been in like mascot costumes. And what they chose was, in my opinion, better than the alternative i don't know what the like i like i I don't love it but i don't know it's been better as far as bad costuming goes i think spongebob the musical is pretty bad and pokemon the musical rides the line between really bad and like pretty bad um and then this is like a step up where it's truly like i don't know but i don't like it yeah i just i don't know what the alternative would have been yeah. you know so you're right you're right but in the the assessment of like makeup and costuming i don't know and i can't give a qualitative assessment of it yeah especially because like they had to they had to make cats release, out of humans yeah they really had to sell it you know it, it wouldn't like I think they just had to commit because of the subject. Like they, if they had not gone all the way, we would have been like lazy. 
you know i think they had to go yeah there's there's no production of this where you can be like even a little bit underwhelming it has to be overwhelming in every aspect yeah i just i think the alternative would have been scarier you know i don't know what like i I don't know i i just don't know you know yeah we're not talking about it anymore though Um, anyway, after Skimble Shanks the Railway Cat, we have McCavity the Mystery Cat, the second sexiest number in the show. I was... On purpose. It's sexy on purpose. The Rum Tum Tugger was sexy on purpose. This was also sexy on purpose. This is the most memorable, memorable song for me. This is the song that, since we have been watching this on and off, keeps playing like a few lines here and there in my head. Um, that's good. That's a step up from <laughs> other songs in your experience. Yeah, it's the one song that I, like, have consistently known, like, a couple lyrics from. Uh, like, I have nothing more to say about it. I think it's, like, a fine song. Honestly, one of the better songs. It is one of the better songs. Um, that's a correct assertion. I feel like I remember the choreography being really good in this as well. It's yeah. very interesting because it's the whole McCavity is not there, and so they have, like, a really very intense dialogue between the entire cast about who McCavity is and what he is not and where he is not. Yeah, well, if we thought that Mungo, Jerry, and Rumpel Teaser were criminals, like, McCavity's like a criminal. McCavity, yeah. like, kills people. Yeah, he's like a mob boss. Yeah. Um, and he makes an appearance after they sing the song. Um, he does just sort of fucking show up and he looks terrifying as hell. All sorts of fucked up makeup. And he kidnaps old Deuteronomy with a net and lackeys just uh, yeets him right out. He yoinks him right out of there. He yoinks and he yeets, you know? (laughs) Ah, you know, the boys, they're schwitzing, they're yoinking, they're yeeting. (laughs) I got really gross. (laughs) They're schwitzing, they're kvetching, they're yeeting, they're yoinking. (laughs) Oh. But yeah, they, they yeet him right on out. Um, monkey straps like, fuck no. And then they have a dance fight that they all lose. McCavity absolutely wins. And it's, it's kind of intense. <laughs> monkey strap like almost doesn't make it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, McCavity also fucks right on out of there. They're like, fuck, we got to find old Deuteronomy. And their solution is that, oh, we just happen to have a magician cat. Um, Rum Tum Tugger's like, let me tell you about a guy I know. <laughs> um, and they do Mr. Mistopheles, which is, again, one of the better numbers of the show. I was going to say, actually, uh, McCavity and Mr. Mistopheles, this captured my intention less, but I was also less angry. Well, he is just the cutest little cat. Yeah. This Mr. Mistopheles is just the cutest I was, like, little I don't boy. Care. And you're like, I hate you and everything that you've ever said for not caring about this cat. I love him. With his little, like, light-up coat. And he's, like, the dancer cat. Like, they're all dancer cats. But his thing is, like, I can do a bazillion fuerte turns. And I do magic. And um, this is the one cast member that I don't personally know, but my sister knows him. He's played by Jacob Brent, who was once her director for a youth production of All Shook Up. Um, Mm -hmm. She says that he is very nice and very talented. I believe it. Shout out to Jacob Brent. Um, But he's just a cute little cat. Um, And he has a real long dance number that Robin's Humtugger sings the shit out of. Nice to see an appearance from him back again um, with stiller hips this time. But equal sexual prowess. Yeah, he's still, like, he's still the cat fucks. fucks. Yeah. (laughs) He just recognizes that this isn't about him. (laughs) 
you know. But luckily, Mr. Mistopheles appears to be extremely good at magic because he does all of his fuete turns and then he does just literally pull old Old Deuteronomy like out of a fucking hat. He just like does a little sheet thing. There he is, he's back and everything's solved. And then that's the subplot that we've resolved. Which is the whole McCavity kidnapping plot. That I don't really remember up. most of this. I'm going to be honest. I was so glazed. I was so glazed. It wasn't really getting to me. It wasn't breaking through. That's <laughs> too bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Mr. Mistopheles, which is a standout number for me. Um, and then we go into memory. So Grizabella shows back up again. We get like actual memory. We get the actual yeah. song after it's been teased for us a couple of times. Yeah, um, and it, again, it's the song where, like, I understand where its place is. Touch I, me! It's so weird! That's I think hilarious. it's just, uh, like, a, a really high soprano just doesn't always hit what I want it to hit. And I think it's also really hard for me to discern individual, like, words once you're at that level of decibel. Uh, this was the original actress. This was Elaine Page the orig- in the very first, like, London production. Um, and she won a ton of awards for this. <laughs> I'm not saying that she didn't deserve those awards. I'm just saying. I know, that's, but, just, that's just my, my spicy trivia bit. Okay, well, there you go. Now let's sign our petition to take her awards away from her. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, Grisabelle sings her a face-off about like, please, I know I'm ugly, but I was pretty once and remember when I was happy? Because I don't. Um, and she collapses to the ground in a very dramatic way. Um, and then Old Deuteronomy decides that Grizabella is the one that he's going to select to travel up to the Heaviside Lair and uh, begin an- another different new Jellical life. And so then they all sing the journey to the Heaviside Lair, which is a song that has about four words that they repeat for about five minutes. It's an upsetting song. Um, up, 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 past the Russell Hotel, the only landmark that they know. <laughs> up, 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 up to the heavy side layer. <laughs> up, up, up past the Jellicle Moon, up, up, up to the heavy side layer. And she's very slowly ascending some stairs and meets Old Deuteronomy. And then another pair of stairs descends from the ceiling. <laughs> and there's smoke everywhere. The fog machine is doing its work. <laughs> it is working. And she sort of like gracefully steps upon it and then it like goes up and she ascends into heaven. They sing some sort of fucking opera and then she is off. And then the show should have ended there. It should have just ended, but it doesn't. Yeah, it should have ended there, but it doesn't. They could have just dropped the curtain. Curtain call could have begun. It would have been fine. But instead, they all choose to do the addressing of cats, which is a song that's so stupid. It's the worst song in the show. They should have quit while they were as ahead as they could have ever been. This is the one where Old Deuteronomy says the famous, now iconic line, uh, now first your memory I'll jog and say a cat is not a dog. Which is a line that makes me physically angry (laughs) in the way that you've been the whole time. It's an upsetting number, and it's disappointing, and this is what we end the show on. It's such a letdown. (laughs) It's such a, like, the catharsis has already happened, and now we're just, like, twiddling our thumbs waiting to leave, you know? I just don't, yeah, there's no, there's nothing. It's a very disappointing ending. Yeah, and that's the end of the show. (laughs) Let's jump into, I know that you have a theory about why it was not Grizabella's 
time and it was yeah. guesses. So yeah, if the whole point was that it's a competition to see who gets to die, first of all, I think the only true contenders here are going to be uh, Gus the Theater Cat and Grizabella. Everyone else is like two years old and has like a clearly like stuff to still accomplish. Yeah, and, they're still young, dumb, and full of cum, all of them. Yeah, like, if you're going to tell me that Jenny Andy Dots, the old Gumby cat, has earned the right to start another life, like, no, you're clearly doing good work here. Like, stick around for a little bit. You're not suffering, and I don't feel bad for you. I think that it was Gus's time, honestly. Homeboy was old. Homeboy barely, at least the way the actor was portraying him, seemed to know where he was. He needed to be guided around a lot um shaking paws clearly his quality of life was dwindling i think physically in terms of how old it was he was it was his time i get why grosabella was chosen i get that she was in some severe emotional pain she had seen some shit she was also having a poor quality of life i do think that she could have stuck it out for one more year it would have been a tough year um but i think that she could have Whereas I think Gus was probably not going to make it another year physically. And I don't know what the implication is if you are a jellical cat and you aren't chosen to go to the heavy side layer. If you just. Well, that's the thing is because, like, I assume that more than one cat dies per year. So it's just like, what life in the reincarnate, what part of the reincarnation cycle? Exactly. And it's I, too much thought. Yeah, I guess the argument could be that, like... Um, in the next life, you could, but then yeah, if, re-enter at ground zero again, or do you just always restart at, like, okay, well, instead of counting down the lives, I had three lives when I entered that shitty one, and now this year I've been chosen, so now I have, like, six well, more. Well, no, what I was going to say is that, like, um, Gus appears to have lived a happy life. Yeah. Um, and if he died in natural causes, he might not need to be reincarnated. He had a good yeah. time. Whereas Grizabella, you know, it's been rough. rough. <laughs> it's been a rough time. So, but the reality is that we don't know the, the parameters of it. So therefore I can't make like a firm judgment call. But I do think that it was Gus's time. And I, if I had been old, if I were the god cat in the situation, I would have chosen differently. Uh, but again, we're thinking about plot and now it's getting worse. So. <laughs> I have truly nothing else. Uh, if you have que- specific questions for me, I think I would be able to answer them. But I... <laughs> you broke me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that it was tough. But I appreciate you suffering through because it just is going to make our conversation about Cats the movie that much richer. I think that you needed to have this information to really talk about what we need to talk about in terms of the movie i agree i also don't agree i think that's a conversation for next week's episode yeah. it was important for me to yeah i, I have mean, that context here's the thing listeners there was no world in which we were ever going to have a cats episode where it would be I would only have to watch Cats the movie. There's no world in which Alana would allow that to happen. Yeah. She's been waiting to show me Cats and make me sit all the way through it for years. And until recently, there was no power in the world that could have gotten me to stay. And now because I'm obligated to do this podcast with you, I was like, well, I got to see it through to the end. Look, it was the Cats double feature or the Annie triple feature. So that's I know how still you feel- coming. <laughs> I know how you feel about children. So <laughs> I put that off another day. 
you and I are going to have to have a, a very big conversation about children because you keep saying it like I want to kill children and I don't. You have said on this podcast your feel about how much you don't enjoy children in art. <laughs> I don't enjoy children in art. That doesn't mean I hate all children. <laughs> I don't like most children, but still. Oh my God. <laughs> There are distinctions and nuances. <laughs> anyway, the end of Cats, um, the musical. I was going to say, Christina's done. <laughs> Christina needs this to be over. <laughs> yeah, I have nothing else to give. Uh, that's fair. Well, thank you, listeners, for suffering through. <laughs> you loved it. I allow you to love it. I won't take that away from you. I understand it has its flaws, if that helps. You say that about literally everything that we talk about. Um, and you don't need to concede that. You're allowed to love something wholeheartedly and not feel that you need to concede anything. Um, it's just, you could never make me watch this ever again. There's literally nothing that you could That's do. That's fair. I'm not going to make you. Okay. If you have a cat's theme wedding. No, that's off the table. No, it's and off I the table. Bring my physical cats just spite you. Who, who who would go? No one would go if I had a Cats and Musical themed wedding. Are, are you fucking serious? That would be hilarious. Everyone no, would go. No, you're going to tell me that you w- would enjoy that. That's going to be a no from me, dog. But <laughs> Then there you go. Nothing about this can you make me in- endure ever again. I'm free. Uh, all right. Well, thank you for... <laughs> to uh our cats double feature part one now that christina has suffered through the musical oh boy are we gonna suffer through the movie together fam i cannot wait we're gonna have a special guest next week so be sure to tune in uh we've invited someone else into the nightmare (laughs) so uh get excited because boy am i excited i can't fucking wait man peace all right goodbye goodbye You're welcome for listening to It's Broadway, Bitch. If you like what we had to say, then please like, rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you have thoughts, feelings, opinions, or stories about theater or what we talked about, you can email us at itsbroadwaybitch at gmail.com. That itsbroadwaybitch with no I in bitch at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at itsbroadwaybitch, no I in bitch. And you can follow me, Christina, at chit and chat for pictures of my cats on Instagram. And you can follow me, Alana, on Instagram and Twitter at Alana Fine Woman, like Feynman, but I'm a lady. Special thanks to Katie Braverman for designing our cover art and Jack Larkin for making our theme music. You can follow them at katie.braverman and at jacksterlark on Instagram and check out the episode's description for links. I'm Alana. I'm the Broadway. I'm Christina. I'm the bitch. And we'll see you next time. It's